To mind over movies? Uh-huh. We're, we're the new guests. We're, we want to rein in on that popularity. And, uh, huh. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we're, who, who, who are we? I know you're Mickey Mouse. Who am I? Uh, you, you, you didn't really uh, go for a character. What? <laughs> you, you're just doing a... Don't I'm thing. Just a stupid, stupid little boy. Little stupid Doing a podcast. Bitch. <laughs> stupid bitch. Shit. Oh my god, we got stupid bitch and Mickey Mouse with us today. I, yeah. Wow. I, Everybody, give him a round of applause. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. We noticed that you guys like guests, uh, <laughs> presumably. Yeah. Someone to finally have maybe a different opinion than <laughs> the, the singular being that Casey and I are. Yeah. We're, we morph into an ultimate, ultimate being. And uh, that's something that I actually somebody told me. They're like, y'all don't disagree a lot. Like y'all yeah. need to disagree more. Oh, Luke. Like, okay, yeah. The goblin. The, the goblin. goblin. The fucking goblin. Yeah, he told me that too. What's his <laughs> opinion matter? No one asked him. He's the goblin. Nobody cares. Hey, Luke. I know you're listening to this episode in the future. <laughs> Just a little message for you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, what about? Uh oh. We have a we have a guest at the door. It's your dog. <laughs> That's fine. Um, well, what do we uh, what do we think about? Hey, stop! What did we think about the last episode with those guests? Do y'all like guests? Do you want more guests? We'll get we'll get more guests. They uh, they they didn't give us our, their names at first, but you know we we yeah. moved on pretty quickly we from did. that. That's and okay. Hopefully, the next time our guests will actually be cooperative. Yeah, um, they were they were a nightmare to work with on set. Yeah, Jacob and Natalie. Like, forget everything you saw on Twitter. Like those guys. Man, woof. I, yeah, I had to cut out so much of that episode because it was just them stopping to just you know rail us about stuff. Yeah, yeah, like I know that Jacob had a problem with like the lighting on set or something. Yeah, but I feel like jumping into the five minute long Christian Bale monologue from Terminator Salvation. Yeah, set, it, it was just a bit much. It was know? definitely a mood. And there was a vibe in there that we just totally weren't, um, you know, vi- we weren't vibing with. I think if we have them on again, we need to be married before they're back. Probably. I think it was just that marriage energy. Yes. kind of tough. Yeah. Because like, like we said, that was kind of like their whole personality. Yeah. Is that they're married. And they, I mean, they're, they have like some cool stuff in between there. But right. I think if we, we got married, um, we could be in love. Yeah. One. We could offset uh, we could we could go on a very luscious honeymoon. I had the spot planned. Oh, yeah. I was thinking we could go to Koh Phi and Thailand. Um, it's a beautiful island. Um, okay. I was thinking we could watch the sunset okay. on Phuket. Um, you know, we could maybe even go to Taiwan if we're feeling a little. Hey. You know, if the budget's lasting. What's our budget? Your dreams. Oh. Whew. I'm getting a little hot and bothered. Uh, we're going to have to take a little break here. Um, we'll be right back after these messages. All right. Film. God. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> what you, what you watch this week? Mm. I didn't watch too much, but I did watch some... Some straight masterpieces, as Bruno Mars once said. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> didn't know he said that. Remember in, uh, oh, what's the, sh- what's the song? Uptown Funk. 
Straight masterpiece. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. The copyright. Yeah, continue. Yeah. <laughs> I did watch one of those <laughs> this week, um, and it it was, it was a bummer. I, I still have my free trial to Criterion Channel nice. going, so I, I watched Come and See, which I've heard is like the most horrifying like war movie yeah. ever. You know, just like really terrible stuff. I think going in with that expectation helped me get through it <laughs> because yeah. I was like. You know, I don't know what I expected, but I guess I thought it would be even more intense than what I got. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it was horrible and hard to watch, of course. But right. I was still like, wow, you know, that was a bit more pleasant than I thought I was going to get. Like, I thought the Nazis were going to be a little bit meaner. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say other than, like, it was flawless. Like, truly, mm-hmm. there, there are very few movies that I watch on my first watching and I'm like, this could be like easily one of my favorite movies ever. Like the last time I felt that was probably with Parasite. Mm-hmm. And w- when I watched this, I was like, "My God, here it is! Yeah, like, this is just one of the best movies I've ever seen." Mm. You know, I don't know if it's a favorite. Like I probably won't put it on very often because it's, it's <laughs> right. It's fucking depressing. But yeah, it. There are no flaws. And yeah, it's just a, a wonder, wonderful movie. I, I I don't know what to say other than like at some point everyone should watch it. In yeah. Their life. Um, I've heard that movie. That's actually on my watch list. I was actually going to watch that like a couple days ago. Really? Yeah. Like I was, I was like this close, bro. Um, but I, I didn't want to be too depressed cause I knew it would depress the hell out of me <clears throat> just cause everything I've heard and what I've read about it and stuff. Um, yeah. And it's, had a <clears throat> there's been a recent, it was either a 2k or a 4k restoration of it recently and that's why it's had a spike on uh, especially uh, letterboxd and it overtook godfather as the second place of the letterboxd as their top 250 rated narrative features and it's parasite and then it's come and see and then it's the godfather nice okay so, well that's a good placement i need to rewatch godfather and see if it can hold up to those two honestly yeah. like i, I think it like, does probably i mean you've seen it more recently so yeah godfather Slaps. I think Go Godfather slaps is slaps hard. Yeah. I need to see it. Cause, I mean, again, because like when I watched it, I think I was just too young to fully appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And then my dad showed me Goodfellas, and I was like, "That's my favorite Godfather." Movie yeah, right there. yeah. And you know, maybe that will change if I revisit the trilogy because I think they're going for a way different vibe in Godfather. Yeah. Like, truth be told, but right, Goodfellas is more glam. Dude, our guest is really dying to get in. <sighs> Her little paw. <laughs> her little little Sansa oh is at the door right now. She's she's sticking her paw under the door. Really, she wants to come record. She's got a hot take about Godfather. Let's just say. Let's just let's just hear it. The dog father and the Godfather. The dog. The dog's father. What do you is have Letting to say? the dog talk about Godfather. Oh, she's sniffing my butt. Godfather. Godfather. Come and yeah. see. Yeah. I Damn. need to see it. There you go. Come and see it. Come and see it. Sometime. I saw a letterbox review that was like, no, thank you. I would not like to come and see <laughs> it. Um, let's see. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot. I What I mainly watched, we're going to get into in a yeah. bit. Um, but I did watch something last night. I've got... Okay, technically I haven't finished it, but you don't really have to finish these movies to, to you know talk about them, honestly, because... If you've watched at least 30 minutes of it, you uh, you know whether you're going to like it or you hate it. And there's been 10 of these movies so far. Uh-huh. So I watched Furious 7. 
um, because I'm gearing up to watch the newest one, the ninth one. Um, and I I fucking love these movies. Like they're really? they're horrible. Obviously, like objectively, it's like these are just you know big you know bombastic Hollywood movies. But let me say, they're a lot of fucking fun. Like you will not be bored watching these movies. Um, and the characters are likable enough to where you'll stick with them. Like everybody does a fantastic job at making you like them. Like some of them aren't the best actors in the world. Um, particularly looking at Vin Diesel. I mean, I think Vin Diesel's a good actor. It's just in these movies, it's such camp. It's cheesy, you know. Um, we're corny, more like not really cheesy, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, Furious 7 features probably one of the craziest stunts they've done or that I've seen them do. Of course, I haven't watched 8 or 9 yet, but um, the the part they uh, run, they're in Dubai, I believe, and they uh, run a car out of a 80 story building into a 75 story building and then into like a 70 story building. Like, they're night next to each other and they just drive through the buildings. It's insane. Um, but, yeah, I've got like 30 minutes left of it. Um, I watched most of it last night. They're just, it's a really long movie. They're all really long, like oh, two and a half hours and That's stuff. That's crazy. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do people go out and see these and watch them like popcorn and they're yep. that long? What yeah. The hell? <clears throat> Mainly because the action sequences take up most of the time. Oh, uh, okay. So it's you're sitting there and you're enjoying your time. It's just, you know, there's just a lot of it. Um but yeah, uh, I saw a lot of people have been like, you know, rewatching Fast and or binge watching through them to watch F nine, and I'm actually excited to watch F nine just because I want to see what crazy shit they do next. Yeah. Um, but I've, yeah, I've heard people saying that they've jumped the shark finally with with nine. Really? Like, apparently, a lot of people are saying like they went too far with the silliness this time, and mm-hmm. it kind of was distracting. Uh, I heard that the guy who wrote Too Fast, Too Furious. And all of the movies up until Hobbs and Shaw, he left the franchise. And they're oh. saying, like, his presence not being there anymore is being felt right now. Like, gotcha. the script feels different. Like, ah. a bit more fan service-y. I don't that know. Sucks. I don't. I've never watched any of these movies. So oh, really? This, this is just, like, a, you know, a, a collective opinion that I've mm. seen other people talking about on the internet. Gotcha. Well, I, I mean, I recommend starting at, like, four because four is important okay i thought five was the one that like five is the one but four is like sort of like you know they did one two and three in the early 2000s and then four was sort of like a a revamp they're like we're gonna reimagine the series and so that really starts the story that started you know throughout the rest of the films um it kind of starts with four um and then um i get really you need you can watch all of them and and you'll be you know it'll be either way fine but if you don't want to sit through all ten, uh, you can start with four, um, but yeah, um, yeah, Black Furious Seven. Um, still need to finish that last little bit. It's probably just like thirty minutes of a big action sequence. I just need to finish. So, cool stuff. Jason Statham's there. He is. I actually love Jason Statham because he did the Transporter series. Yeah, Transporter slaps. Those movies are. I only ever saw three on like Redbox, but like mm-hmm. I watched. Pretty cool. I watched the. Yeah, I think they have four or five. I don't know. I, the first three are like the ones you know you watch, and it's like okay, those exist, and then ignore everything else. I need your help okay. right now. This this could be a fun game. Okay, it's figure out what the hell random two thousands movie this is. Okay, there is a movie that we rented on Redbox. We rented like a ton of movies that we probably wouldn't have watched normally just mm-hmm. because they're on Redbox. Where Jason Statham 
it's like the future, I want to say. And there's this pregnant lady, and she's got powers. Uh, and Jason Statham has to protect the pregnant lady and her powers. And, like, the plot twist is she has, like, twins, and the twins are giving her Does this sound familiar, like, at all? Almost, yeah. I'm thinking Jason Statham futuristic movies. Let's do a little Google here, guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be looking, too. But it's bizarre. Like, this... It, it makes me think of that Nicolas Cage movie, Knowing. Yeah! Which was, like, yeah. something that I also only watched because it was at the Redbox. Which, I remember that movie blowing my mind. I don't know if it would still hold up, but, uh... It was certainly fun. Right. Like, like I'm thinking about the concept for Knowing now. It's a pretty cool concept. Like no, the, uh, yeah, it's really fucking cool. Like, the predicting of, like, all the disasters and, like, what does it mean? I think... Where I like, I can still remember the ending of Knowing, which spoilers for a movie that <laughs> honestly is not a classic and is also very old. It's like aliens behind it the whole time, yeah. and then like they Super take weird. the kids. It's like a terrible ending. Yeah, and that's I think that's the only thing that would stop me from saying that's a legitimately good movie. Literally, I was enjoying it up until like the end. There, like it's a good uh, mystery. Um, I'm looking. How at- old is the movie? I, I, I figure it might be from like 2008 Early. or 2009. Okay. Maybe maybe it's safe. No, not safe. Is it cellular? Let me see here. Um, um, I'm looking at this movie safe. Honestly, this might be the movie. It's 2012, which is later than I would have thought it would be. But yeah, okay. Ex-cop and cage fighter. Wins mm-hmm. a fight and has to protect uh, a pregnant lady, pregnant wife. Yeah, this might be the movie. It says uh, the girl is no ordinary child. She's a math prodigy who holds in her head a numerical code for which various factions are ready to kill. Yes. Okay. It's that she's a math prodigy and then later in the movie there's some crazier stuff going oh, okay, on with like, gotcha. her pregnancy. I don't know how yeah, this I'm, came up. I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Redbox rental. I mean, yeah. that that's, I think, that its only value, really. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember too much about it other than some random night in 2012. I guess I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love obscure, like, rental movies like mm-hmm. that. You know, like, straight to DVD or just, like, low-budget, uh, low-tier movie release that just fly over the radar and you find them. Um, I have a few of those. Yeah. Uh, one of mine is is a is a really over the top Nicolas Cage war movie called Wind Talkers. Oh, I've heard this is a really bad one. It, oh, it's it's bad. Yeah, I love it because it's just it's so ridiculous and um uh, I don't know. It's like about like they use like the Navajo like code like oh. in uh, in I I forget which war it was, but um, it looks like a World they, War One two yeah World something two. like that. I think they you but they used the Navajo language to communicate over the radio so that they wouldn't be uh, deciphered by the enemy. Oh. So they were called wind talkers. Um, anyway, and there's this like Navajo like Indian like character, and they don't like or he's like I don't know they don't like him, and then Nicolas Cage is sort of like the the brute kind of guy that's just like stands up for him, but also is like, well, I'm kind of racist myself, but then he becomes unracist by the end of the movie and he sacrifices 
his cell for the Navajo guy. Anyway, it's fucking crazy. Um, but that was like one of those movies that was probably straight to DVD that I, <laughs> that I watched when I was younger. Have you heard of the movie Reign of Fire? Re- yes. Okay. Where it's like a post-apocalyptic movie about dragons. Wait, Reign of Fire? Like, here, Google R-E-I-G-N of okay. Fire. It's, it's got Christian Bale. It's got oh, Matthew yeah. McConaughey. And it's a post-apocalypse with dragons in the future. What the fuck? And Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale, like, kill dragons. I haven't seen it yet, but I saw a trailer for it, and I'm convinced this would be my new favorite, like, bad movie <laughs> if I watched it. 2002, bro. This I'm not going to lie. This kind of looks badass. Do, These dragons... You gotta see the trailer for this. Okay. Yeah. That's fucking funny. We have a dragon to kill. That's a quote from the movie. <laughs> Apparently. Okay. okay. We're, we're looking at images of Matthew McConaughey, who shaved his head for the role here. And uh Nice. Yeah. Well, this looks okay, we should have a movie night and watch this. Yes, absolutely. Well Rain of Fire review coming Rain of, soon. Yeah, Rain of Fire review, um, Oh god, this looks like it could be a PlayStation Two game. It it looks amazing. I cannot I, wait yeah, to watch it. I can't. I'm, I'm saving it for that special my, night. My favorite bad movie of all time is the Anaconda like franchise. Mm. Like the second one specifically, The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Is John Voight still in that? No, John. Okay, okay, but the first one is such an oddity, right? The first Anaconda film, Ice Cube, Jennifer Lopez, John Voight. Fucking, I believe Owen Wilson is in that bitch. Oh. Or somebody. Um, so, maybe it's not too much of a rarity that you have, like, a movie, you know, that has stars in the first one, and then the other ones are, like, straight to DVD. yeah. All I remember is that I love... Hold on. I gotta see if... Yeah, Owen Wilson is in this fucking movie, bro. Oh, my God. About a giant snake uh, kills people. And Eric Stoltz as well. Danny Trejo. Yeah, man, let me tell you. The Anaconda series, that's my favorite. Like, number three and four and five and six. Like, that's all, like, straight to, like, the sci-fi channel bullshit. Mm. But those first two, you know, Anaconda and Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Those are solid, you know, bad monster movies. But good. They're entertaining. Hell yeah. I love them. Dude, I I feel like I got, um, like tricked by a lot of movies on the sci-fi channel like i remember there was this one vacation that we took and we kept watching these movies with like incredible premises like there was this one about time travelers and they would like time travel and some of them would like get stuck in like trees and shit like shit you don't think about like Mm -hmm. oh when you time travel you're traveling to a new place too yeah stuck somewhere and it was really emotional and great and then uh, the special effects came in and it was like really terrible looking like dinosaurs yeah. and it got so stupid. But I shit you not, my parents and I were like clinging to this movie's like every like frame the first 30 minutes it was on <laughs> and then it got so bad so fast. Damn. I think it's called like a million BC or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's insane like how, I don't know how deceived I felt. Yeah. And that's happened a couple times with Sci Fi Channel where you'll just be watching it and you'll think, this yeah, is kind of like, interesting. Is cool. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. No, they have some crazy fucking shit on uh, 
on the sci-fi channel because they'll have shit like, you know, obviously they have like Sharktopus versus mm-hmm. Giant Crab and, and then they have the, the Python movies and, and then they have just Sharknado. Um, Sharknado. However, I, can, I don't remember if this is sci-fi or if it was like an HBO thing. There is a miniseries that I think about all the time and that I would love to revisit and that I want to introduce to everybody else because it's like on a subject that I'm absolutely was absolutely fascinated with as a child, the Bermuda Triangle. Oh. The miniseries is called The Triangle and it's got some good ass actors in it. Like it, for the most part the cast was pretty well rounded. The special effects are not super up to par. But the mystery and just the premise of it is so batshit insane, it will keep you watching the series. Like, I need to revisit it, but I remember watching it religiously when I was younger. Like, I would rewatch it, like, every year. Um, Super fucking long, though. Um, I think it's, like, seven to eight hour miniseries thing. Um, But it's... Slaps. I need to. I need to look it up. Y'all need to look up the triangle. And, I'll fucking take your word for it. Please, like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna rewatch it soon because I re- I remember it being very good. I, re- I no, that's what I remember. I'll have to rewatch it, but if not anything, they know how to hook you in with the first episode at least. So, well, count me intrigued. I know. <laughs> uh, did you watch anything else? No, but I mean, I did. We're gonna talk about it maybe here in a bit. But I listened this week. Did you get an audiobook? Oh, no. No. I, I know. There is yes. an album that came out. I know we don't usually talk about music on this podcast, but we both love Tyler, the creator, and I thought it'd be fun to talk about his I new would, album, Call Me If You Get Lost. I would love to talk about Call Me If You Get Lost. Um, if y'all don't listen to Tyler, the creator, I feel sorry for you. Um, yeah, he's got a new album. It's fire. It slaps. Um, no... For me, only one skippable track if I'm not feeling it. Everything else, I I can't do Wilshire. Oh, Wilshire, man! It it's mixed horribly and it's just so repetitive for me. If it wasn't so fucking long, it wouldn't be a big deal. I enjoy what he's talking about, right? Just the mixing and mastering of it, though, mm. it throws me off, and I can't listen to it for too long. But I'm coming off the album like. That might be my favorite. Tra- like, it's obviously not one that you just throw on, but mm-hmm. like, I love Wilshire. Like, I, mm-hmm. I I really love the story that he's telling there, but also the technique. Yeah. He he did it in two takes. Yeah, yeah, I heard like, that. Yeah, and, and that's just the fact that that's just one long continuous like freestyle is incredible, and the fact that it's like so cohesive and like, you know, the, yeah. the storyline seems so well plotted, and then it almost feels like the rest of the album was formed around what he talked about in Wilshire, like intentionally there's mm-hmm. foreshadowing for everything that will get brought up in that in track. Wilshire. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I appreciate it for that, but I, I get it. It's like, it's not one that you really casually listen to. It's not like mm-hmm. what's your name or like Lumberjack yeah. or, or Juggernaut even, you know, yeah. like that you just throw on. Um, yeah. I, I really love this album. I do too. Like, I, yeah. I, I will say it, it jarred me at first because I'm more of a new era Tyler, the creator fan, like obviously in Flower Boy, he has this huge shift from what mm-hmm. he used to do. Like, I mean, Cherry Bomb, he was starting. Yeah. And like, you can, like, he even talks about it on this album. Like, it was getting to what Flower Boy would be. But yeah. then when he finally came out, you know, with that album, like, 
brilliant. You yeah. know, like just I love that sound and going back and listening to his older stuff, I haven't enjoyed it as much. Granted, I haven't sat down and listened to like Goblin, Bastard, or Wolf like all the way through. Oh, really? No. I would definitely recommend listening to Wolf all the way through because for a while people claimed that Wolf was like going to be Tyler's like opus, like his magnum opus. Yeah. And then he did Flower Boy, and we're like, this is his magnum opus. And then he did Igor, Igor. and we're like, this is his magnum opus. Um, and now he's got this one, and this one's just crazy. Yeah, so what, I, what I'm what i going to say about this one is that it sounds more like old Tyler. But mm-hmm. what's interesting is you've got the perspective of a much wiser yeah. um, and like more disciplined like mm-hmm. performer. And it's it's so good. Yes. I fucking love the sound. I... It, it, it definitely made going back to Igor after listening to this album hard. Like I tried to go and listen to see how mm-hmm. they compare. Yeah. And Igor's just so soft. It is. Compared to this album. Yeah. The bangers are back. The bangers are back. Yeah. I um so I listen I started listening to Tyler in two thousand thirteen, uh, or maybe it was early twenty fourteen, right after he had dropped Wolf. Um, so my friends have been listening to him since Goblin and they introduced me. Um, and they're like, you need to listen to Wolf. And I'm like, man, I'll try it because like, from what I had heard, I didn't like it, but I listened to Wolf and I fell in love with it. And I went back and I listened to Bastard. I listened to Goblin a a lot more. Bastard's probably my least favorite of his. Um, I like Goblin a little bit more, but I loved Wolf and I'm like, bro, this dude, like, I can't wait to hear what he's going to do next. And he inspired us a lot growing up because he was super young when he started doing that mm-hmm. and he didn't care what people thought of him he was doing his own thing and he was super so fucking creative like everything he did we just marveled at we were like oh like this this music video like look at the colors look how he directed this and the stories he would tell and stuff and then he did cherry bomb which for pretty much everybody else everybody fucking hated cherry bomb that's probably like my second favorite album of his. I I love Cherry Bomb. Um, I recognize its flaws, but I just don't fucking care. Like I that album means so much to me. And then right after that, you know, Flower Boy, we're like he is really blossoming. And I went to a Tyler concert uh, in uh, probably six months after he released Flower Boy. So I got to see like the whole Flower Boy like show, um, which was super awesome. He's a great performer. That was a you know banger set. Um, and then, and then Igor comes out while I'm making a film and I just remember it dropping the night after, right after we wrapped and I just laid down in my bed exhausted and put on Igor and I was like, this is a fucking beautiful album. Uh, and, and now this one, um, which going back to his roots with, like you said, all the wisdom that he has had over the years and now he's more disciplined. He's basically taking a crack at like what he used to do with this hardcore, you know, Hip hop and it's mm-hmm. so fucking good. I love it. I can't gush about it enough, bro. Uh, his his entire um, like growth as an artist has been something to fucking admire, bro. Um, yeah, I love him. I think he's awesome. This definitely has won me over to like maybe going back and giving those older albums a mm-hmm. shot. And you know, it's it's good to hear him talk about it like in his yeah. work and be. Like, explain some of his choices, which is, mm-hmm. it's weird to hear, like, an artist, like, essentially give an interview about their older music, like, in an album. But, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it works. Like, it he's does, like, yeah. you know, I, 
he's got some like monologue towards the end of one of the songs where he's like, I, I don't even like saying the word bitch. Yeah, I, I just I, thought I just it sounded cool. cool. Yeah. You know, and that, that explains a lot of like his choices mm-hmm. in, in like Odd Future and his early albums, which I've got to say, you know, people can hate on the early stuff as much as they want to, but Odd Future is like undeniably like one of the most influential rap groups mm-hmm. of all time. And they yeah. all did that as fucking like. 17 year old 18 year olds like mm-hmm. the, the the amazement like yeah frank ocean earl sweatshirt like mm-hmm. tyler the creator those are all like goats you know? yeah yeah like frank and they have some of the most critically acclaimed albums of all time like blonde mm-hmm. is maybe the number one like most yeah. acclaimed album like ever mm-hmm. I mean, everybody everybody loves blonde mm-hmm. and then everybody also loves earl sweatshirt like yeah. he's like the kind of the the weirdo of uh they're all kind of the weirdos of rap is, mm-hmm. is what people call them but like um they've all got banger you know albums and they're all but they all also formed a collective of odd future which influenced so much of stuff of the stuff you see like today um which is insane and i really am glad that i grew up in that time and was keeping up with that um because to watch them grow after yeah. that and to watch where they are now it's it's amazing I, I wish I'd hopped on sooner. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm definitely catching on to these artists mm-hmm. while they're in their prime, which, you know, is rewarding in itself. But yeah, definitely. It must have been so incredible to see them, like, grow up and transform yeah. like that. It was it was something. And um, I, I his older music, if, if anybody's listening and wants to check out Tyler, you, you better keep a fucking open mind when listening to his older stuff because... Um, he everybody tried to like quote unquote cancel him so many fucking times for things he was saying but he like just didn't care um but the things that he was was saying um are not things that he as like actual person thinks most of the time he's normally playing a character or you know rapping through a different character mm-hmm. uh and says some pretty fucked up shit uh to be honest with you um, but he mainly in those early days, especially with how young he was, he really just wanted to piss everybody off and kind of like uproot what was known as like the norm in the music industry. Uh, and he succeeded most definitely succeeded because, you know, odd future, very influential. Uh, it was sort of like, um, I remember Questlove was talking about, um, when Jimmy Fallon had him had, uh, OF on, uh, cause Jimmy Fallon was still, uh, fairly new doing his like late night show mm-hmm. and they decided to book odd future because Questlove was like this is like our wu-tang you know this is our wu-tang clan like these guys are people are afraid of these guys this is this the the music that your parents are afraid that you're listening to and stuff like that and they went on jimmy fallon and that only helped you know boost their careers like because and it was it was big for jimmy fallon as well um and just i don't know just like their mythology is so interesting to me yeah um especially because of just how hardcore they were and the things that they were saying their songs and stuff it was definitely like like you know back throwing it back to like when um you know like easy e and nwa it's like what are why are they rapping about all these violent things and they're doing the same thing just in a different time it's really interesting so yeah i mean you you can trace like I don't know, I remember when Yonkers, the music video came oh, out yeah. and the way people reacted to that and people at school 
like really liked it. I did. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Like that was so gross to me. I yeah. was like, Ugh. Now I'm not like a baby anymore, right. so I can watch the fucking video. But at the time, I was like, I can't even watch it. I can't even listen to it. It's yeah. Um, I gotta ask what. How would you rank the albums now with with Call Me If You Get Lost like included? Could you rank them? Yeah, I could rank them probably. Um, note that I think they're all fucking god god tier albums. But if I were to rank him just strictly in his discography, I'd say I'd put um, probably in, in as my favorites. Or are you going to do my favorites or what favorite. I think is the do best? Favorite. Okay, my favorite. It's it's Wolf. Or it's Cherry Bomb, then it's Wolf. Like, neck and neck. Cherry Bomb, Wolf. Uh, probably then Igor, Flower Boy, Call Me. Uh, I know Call Me is, like, way down there, but yeah. I really love Call Me. It's just hard. Uh, after Call Me, then it would probably be uh, Goblin, then Bastard. That would be my ranking of Tyler albums. Hmm. A, a bit different than most people's, probably. Most people would probably have, like, Flower Boy and Igor up near the top. But, you know, for me, it's Trey Bomb and Wolf and then then Flower Boy and Igor and stuff, so. Yeah, I, as a fake fan, you know, who hasn't really heard much of the older stuff, I, I'd probably have to say Igor is definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. And just one of my favorite albums ever. Like, mm, yeah. it, it's so fucking good. Um, then, probably Flower Boy, even though I think that... Call Me If You Get Lost might be mm-hmm. better produced overall and, right. like, might even have better tracks overall. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I just, there's something about Flower Boy that's, like, really magical that oh, I yeah, love. And, it, and it, it was a sound that I'd never heard before. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it really changed my view on Tyler, the Creator. I was like, holy shit, this is what this guy sounds like? And people <laughs> were like, no, not usually, but it sounds like now. And I'm like, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Flower Boy, then Call Me If You Get Lost, then Cherry Bomb, and then I, gotcha. I gotta go back and listen to the rest. But gotcha. Cherry Bomb's not bad. I just, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, like, I, I had Flower Boy and Cherry Bomb, and I liked Flower Boy a lot more than Cherry Bomb. Right. I felt like Cherry Bomb was just the prelude to Flower Boy. Yeah, honestly. You know? And by hit, like, Tyler hates that album. Cherry Boy? I mean, Cherry Bomb? No, he loves Cherry Bomb. Really? I thought he hated it. I thought he was, like, really disappointed by it. Uh, he's disappointed... I, what I've read and what I've like seen in his interviews is everybody hated it, um, but he released recently, like in the past year and a half, he released uh, the instrumental version of the album because he thinks that people overlooked the instrumentals because he loved them and he didn't think people paid attention to them. So he released just an instrumental version of that album. Um, so yeah, I think he was disappointed that nobody liked it really, or he thought nobody liked it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's become more beloved as time has gone on. Yeah. You know, like I, I definitely, I've loved it since it came out. I don't know why I don't like, I don't know, man. I just, I just think it's awesome. But yeah, that's my favorite Tyler album. Most definitely. Hell yeah. Other than Wolf. Other than Wolf. Yeah. Well, dude, um, you know, speaking of watching and listening, uh, did you listen to or watch um, Rick and Morty this week? I did. Or, you know, we're going to be one episode behind from now on because of yeah. how we're recording. But that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. It's Episode three will have aired when this episode comes yeah. out. But know that we're talking about episode two, yeah. Morty-plicity. Morty-plicity. Episode two. It's, um, I liked it better than the first episode. Me I'm, too. I'm going to say, yeah. Um, I know you had some thoughts, like some, yeah, you texted me, you say you really, really love this episode. I so. think this might be one of my new favorite episodes. Like the concept 
kind of reminded me of like those those days of yore in Rick and Morty that mm-hmm. I miss, you know, like just a fun sci-fi concept carrying the whole episode without trying too hard. Like, yeah. It didn't seem like there were a bunch of witticisms or things to like keep the characters like on top of everything mm-hmm. the whole time. And maybe that was due to the concept of the episode. They were allowed to play around with it more, which is an yeah. element I really loved of it is mm-hmm. there's, I just don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, You're there's right. a concept at the center of the episode where you'll keep second guessing yeah. the truth about the characters and you you'll think you've got it figured out and then it, something happens again and it's like ah oh, nuts yeah and that was fun yeah. Like, I, yeah i haven't felt that way watching a show in a while mm-hmm. like and i kept i kept getting fooled dude. yeah I, yeah i kept going like no they're it no, no they're, they're it, it. yeah <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Like, when the episode started, and, like, let's say, like, the first five minutes after the first uh, rounds, the three rounds, I was yeah. like, okay, now this is this is really them. No. And <laughs> it just keeps fooling you. Um, it's really, it's really, really fun episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I definitely loved it. I liked it way better than episode one, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I can't wait for episode three. Like, I just can't wait to see, like, whatever's next, you know? Um... Yeah, and, uh... Dude, it was good. I'm sorry, I was Googling oh, a person for, for the next thing we're going to talk about. Oh, you're going to... I um, thought you had an idea and you were Googling. No, no. Okay. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Sorry. I'm weird. Sometimes I play on my phone instead of talking to Casey. <laughs> I'm just... I'm fucking playing Angry Birds over here. I'm like, yeah, you run the show for a little bit. Anytime he gets on an angry rant, you bet your ass I'm, you bet you're, I'm playing like Candy Crush chilling. Saga. <laughs> Oh yeah, Marvel man, Marvel fans really do suck. Yeah, what? <laughs> no, that is mega. We, dumb, you know, bro. we uh, fucking recorded that episode over in separate houses, so you could have been just like playing a game. Oh, uh, bro, I'm just playing Animal Crossing. When you heard <laughs> me. I'm like, I'm in Valorant. I'm just like, whatever. Fucking Casey wants to talk about this week. I guess I'll hear him. I out, guess I'll yeah. I guess I'll chime in every once in a while. Do, do you remember the episode where I didn't say anything at all and you just talked uninterrupted for an hour? That one was good. That one, I think that's like episode 22. Go listen. Yeah, go listen to episode 22. That was a little boy. Now episode 22 will have like three more views on it. I know. We're going to milk so much out of episode 22. I don't even fucking remember what episode 22 is. I don't either. It's going to be awesome. Isn't that funny? We've done the show long enough now that we I don't. We, we couldn't pinpoint when we talked right. about things. It kind of just blends together now. I, li- I like that fact. Yeah. That we... Uh, we're long running, baby. We are long running. This is episode 31, bitches. Hell yeah. Don't we, expect us to stop until after episode 100 at least. Yeah, we do it We do it every week. And do maybe we'll week. drag it out at some point and do it every other week if for some reason that became the recording schedule. I don't know. Things happen. Things happen. Hey. Can't uh, believe we've done this every week though for... Yeah, doesn't that sound exhausting when yeah. you put it that way? 31 weeks in a row we've made sure that we've met... It. Well... No, it sounds cute when I say it out loud. Yeah, yeah. We keep meeting up to record the show. <laughs> We've only missed two episodes, technically. We've only took two oh, right. one-week breaks. We've had hiatuses. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's just let's keep it going. Let's, let's keep, keep going. that flow. Um, speaking of Rick and Morty writers, I didn't know this, but Michael Waldron, creator of the Loki television show, came from Rick and Morty and Community. Oh. Yeah. So that's why I'm starting to think, like, maybe I'm digging it as much as I am because this is a writer that's written for stuff that I like before. Yeah. Um, and episodes 
four and three of Loki have come out since we last yeah. talked about it. Um, you want to talk about three first? Yeah, let's talk about three real quick. Um, or not real quick, if you have lots of thoughts. No, I don't. Like, it was a, it was a good episode. I mean, it was okay. I like the ending more than anything to it, but yeah. everything else is just kind of boring. I, um... I'm noticing that the action in Loki isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in the episode that came out this week for, like, it's it's slow. It feels like theater choreography. It yeah, feels like it when does. you're practicing to, mm-hmm. like, get up to the fight. And that's something that I took for granted in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier yeah, is definitely. how well thought out the action was and how good mm-hmm. it looked. Like, mm-hmm. now I'm thinking, like, oh, fuck, we were so spoiled with the action. Oh, yeah. But what this show really makes up for is... You know, the writing is, yes. is just so interesting. The, the characters. I feel like in episode three, I, I was getting a little worried. It felt like wheel spinning a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. not filler per se, because yeah. there was a lot set up. Just that mid-series down point, I mm-hmm. think, honestly. Yeah. Just didn't feel like there was a lot happening, um, you know, story progression-wise. But character-wise, you know, there were some very important introductions and beats. And there were some big reveals in there mm-hmm. that influenced this most recent episode. But I don't know. Like, overall, I was I was worried. But after this week, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I didn't like it as much as you texted me. That, like, you texted me, God-tier episode. Oh, yeah. No, I think episode four is a straight fucking, like, the best episode of... What we've seen so far from the Marvel television shows. Really? Yes. Like, I think that it is masterfully written and directed. Like, this episode, you know, we're four episodes in the show, right? When we were four episodes in Falcon and Winter Soldier, we already knew the damn deal. We were basically waiting on two episodes of, like, fighting and getting through, like, politics. And, like, yeah. same with WandaVision. Like, the last two episodes, we were just waiting for the fight. With Loki, we had a plot. We had fucking, like, three times in this episode that the entire our entire thought process, like, where we thought the show was going was completely flipped on its head. Three hmm. times. And it didn't feel like... Marvel just kind of like uh, fan servicing shit. Either. Yeah. There was great character moments. The mystery is still there. I would say now the mystery is even bigger than it was at the beginning of the show. Like, I loved this episode and they took some big fucking risks too in this episode. And I think it, I think it's God tier. Yeah, I loved it. This, this is probably the best episode of the show so far. Yeah. I, I really like it. And I really like that now I'm going into episode five and I'm like, where where is this going? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's new. Uh, mm-hmm. Like with WandaVision, like the last few weeks of that show, I was groaning about it. Like it, mm-hmm. it just wasn't that good anymore. It was like, fuck. And with Falcon and Winter Soldier, like that was, you know, in and out quality yeah. the whole time. It feels like we've got a sweet spot here mm-hmm. where we're, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. intrigued still. And it feels important. And, yeah. you know, they're doing a lot of setup. And I'm realizing that it doesn't have to be fucking clumsy every time you set up later plot threads. Exactly. Like, it was so clumsy feeling in um, in fucking Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision. WandaVision, like, every time a new character comes in, you're like, oh my god, we're spending 30 minutes with this person because they're going to be in a movie, like, yeah, two years from now. Exactly. It's like, uh groaning, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't love that so much. But with Loki, everything they're setting up, I'm like, 
oh shit, is this going to come into like the main series? Is this going to be important yeah. at all? What's going on here? Yeah. And it's cool. It is. Like you, you can set shit up and it not be so like, <laughs> and, and like grown worthy. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. so predictable and right. And fucking, I don't know, man, like this show is really showing the other ones mm-hmm. how to do it. I feel like, and I didn't expect to like it so much more by a higher margin, but I do. So mm-hmm. let's see if they can ruin it. Uh, in these next two you know? yeah let's, let's see if they I, go the wandavision route i really hope they don't because like it's like third time's the charm really you know wandavision swing miss towards the end yeah. fucking falcon winter soldiers kind of swinging hitting sometimes missing most yeah. of the times but loki it just feels like he's hitting 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 man like i love this show so much i've said like i don't re- typically rewatch marvel movies or, mm-hmm. or shows or anything because they're, they're kind of disposable entertainment like in a lot right. of ways like but i feel like of, of these three shows i'm never gonna watch wandavision again i'm never gonna watch falcon winter soldier again i'm done with them you know mm. the their value was in watching them in real time i could see if loki especially ends really well me rewatching the series at some point and being like yeah dude Loki was a dope show. Let's put that shit on, you know? Yeah, or, like, let's yeah. put my favorite episode on from Loki. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be fun, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's got, it's, it is a, a really fun show. There's no boring spots in it, you know? Like, I, I, sometimes when I'm watching a show, I think, God, how, how long am I into this? Like, oh, 20 minutes? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was watching Loki the other night, and I'm like, it's getting really good. And I'm like, Man, how much is left of this episode? I'm like, oh my god, I only got 20 minutes left? Are you kidding me? Like, I can't believe this much time has flown by. Like, it's not boring whatsoever. Like, none of the episodes have been. Even episode three, which I think has been the lowest episode so far, still was not boring, you know? Um, I mean, it did feel longer than the others, even though it was shorter. It did feel a little bit longer. That was ironic to me, like, that Mm -hmm. these longer episodes, they they can... have those like 50 minute run times and i'm right. like yeah sure yeah, whatever yeah. You, you guys take your time do what you're doing yeah i like it did you watch the post credit scene for this one yeah i did okay okay just making sure yeah pretty crazy pretty uh, crazy we're not talking spoilers though no we haven't we haven't had that nefarious blake guy back on the show to, <laughs> to spoil and doyle and toil and, and foil foil our plans, foil our plans exactly uh, well, I guess two weeks from now, the Loki uh, spoiler show will come out. Yes. Like clockwork, people. Like clockwork. Like clockwork. I can't wait to talk spoilers for this show because there's so much theorizing to be done already. Good show. Yeah. I'm. Um... Sorry, just checking something. Oh, you're good. Huh. Huh. That may- me thinks maybe we should. <laughs> pivot from yeah. what we originally had planned yeah i think so too i didn't realize we'd been talking this long kate casey and i got kind of impassioned about some things this yeah week. we had a we had a topic planned which i guess now we have the the benefit of constructive criticism would you guys want to hear about uh good and bad like book to movie adaptations yeah or, like, play adaptations let us know let us know it's, yeah, it's it a, sounded fun we're yeah we're interested in the topic um well shit well we can talk about some other things, man. You know, I got... Did you see Ethan Hawke is in fucking Knives Out? Oh now? my god, yes. This movie's gonna be so good, bro. I hope it's not just star power, though. Like, I hope that there is a good... I mean, I don't know why I'm worried, because Knives Out won. Yeah. Star, 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 yeah. And it's so good. But for some reason, I'm, like, worried that this one, you know? Like, yeah. I can't believe that he could do two back-to-back. Right. That'd be so fucking good, but 
Mayhaps he could. Mayhaps. Mayhaps. I'm... I don't know. When they said uh, Rowan Atkinson, is it Rowan mm. Atkinson? When he yeah. they said, I, I'm sold. Like, everybody's been talking about Knives Out 2, and this whole time, I've just been kind of like, okay, like, yeah, I enjoyed the first one, and I'm going to watch the second one. It's cool. I like, I like, uh... Fucking Daniel Craig's character. I like all the, you know, but then... I, love, I would love to fuck that character, too. I, I to would. To quite honest. Um, <laughs> but then, but then, they said Rowan Atkinson is a movie. And that's when I started paying attention. And I said, okay. And then now they say Ethan Hawke's in it? I'm like, okay, I'm paying I'm paying attention. Cause I want to see him in a sweater. I know. Gotta, I, let's do gotta it. We gotta have Ethan Hawke in his fucking sweater in this movie, okay, Ken? That's I mean, listen, film Twitter... They're not wrong when they say Knives Out wardrobe was honestly on point. Mm. Like they all look super comfy in whatever they were wearing. Chris Evans sweaters. Chris Evans God sweaters. Damn. Which which what's the what's the superior sweater in your opinion in that movie? Do you remember the two? Yeah, I'm gonna I, Chris Evans man just because I like white. His was white. His was the white one, wasn't it? It was like a I cream thought it was like beige or beige. Let's see. Maybe? Let's see. Chris Evans, Knives Out, sweaters. Feed my nicotine addiction. Real quick. Nudes. I spelled nudes, nudes out. <laughs> Look at Chris Evans' nudes, bro. They're there. Didn't he have nudes that leak? No, it's he totally did. white. You're absolutely right. Yeah, dude. I love that sweater. I want that yeah. sweater. <laughs> that sweater is the better one. It's the white one. But there's yeah. a blue one that looks good on him, too. Mm-hmm. Stop! Sorry, I'm yelling at the animals. Um, I guess. No, we can't tell that you yelled. You only peeked the mic like a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm excited for Knives Out too. Me there's too. something else that's in production right now that I I'm feel like, excited uh, for. There's something that, like, man, what is it? I, I can tell you something that I'm still not very excited for, and we're getting very close to its release, is Black Widow. I'm, I can't summon an ounce of excitement for that movie, and I'm really? also under the impression that it might be bad. I don't really? know. Something about it just. Well, the embargo released. The reviews are out. Really? I think it's like an eighty percent is kind of what I'm seeing. Really? Yeah. Let's look at some of the reviews. Well. Yeah, Black yeah. Widow. Hey, today we're gonna we're doing a segment. A, we're gonna take a gander at what the movies are like when they get reviews. Let's go. Rotten. Black. Rotten. <laughs> rotten. Let's see. Rotten. We have Black Widow right in front of us. It's got an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if that's like a higher than the average Marvel movie score. I can't say um, that I... Most Marvel movies hover between the 80 and 95%. Really? Yeah. So, let's read some reviews real quick from... Uh, let's see. Brittany Murphy from Geeks of Color says, Black Widow is a thoroughly entertaining flick that is likely to please audiences with its action, wittiness, and great characters. It's got an 8 out of 10. Now, corresponding or uh, contrasting that, we have Walter Chaw from Phil Freak Central saying, Black Widow is the manifestation of the sunk cost fallacy. There ought to be support groups. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Uh, um, didn't like it too much. Damn. Um, see, Angie Han from Mashable says, Technically, Black Widow is a retreat into Marvel's past by delivering a story that satisfies on its own terms. However, it makes a compelling case for moving ahead with this franchise into the future. Okay, can I can I make an out-of-pocket statement right yeah. now? Here's my Black Widow theory on what's happening in this movie. It's parallel universe, Black Widow. Like, it's the multiverse. We've got another Black Widow out there, and by the end of the movie, she's going to be brought into like the main like timeline or something. Okay. I truly think I think that's also why we're having all these television shows air before Black Widow. Dealing with the multiverse stuff. Yeah, I, but I think it's going to be a twist. 
Like, you're not going to realize it's a multiverse Black Widow until closer to the end. Like, some shit's going to be very clearly different. And I think that's how they're going to explain bringing back Natasha Romanov. Is well, like are, the are one... they bringing her back? Is she not ending her contract? I don't know. Gotcha. This, this is a, this is an out of pocket fan theory right, right. now that oh, I'm okay, coming gotcha. up with. It maybe some other people think that online though. Okay, that would make. That, I mean, that would make sense. I just what I've been hearing, what I've been seeing, especially because um, Florence Pugh is going to be in the Hawk uh, Eye series. Oh. I think uh, that Florence Pugh's character is going to be like the new Black Widow or whatever. Well, maybe, maybe. But that your theory sounds interesting, though. I'm not gonna lie. That like, would be. It could be cool. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, Larry Carroll from Looper says, "Watching Black Widow play out, you feel a bit like a school teacher watching an underperforming student." Marvel, you're so much better than this. Oh man, uh, that's a bad review. So. Yeah, there. Well, there's always a few. I mean, honestly, with Marvel movies, I just form my own damn opinion when I go to them. Like, I'm like, oh, that was good or, oh, that was bad. Because there's always people who, you know, say they're, like, very good and then it just ends up being average. Or there's people that say, like, I don't know. Like, definitely form your own opinion. Go to the movie if you want to. You don't have to support it. I mean, it's not like Disney's going to be too hurt or this franchise is going to suddenly stop if you don't go see it. True, 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 because um, they've already got all the money in the world. They're richer than God right now, so... Do you think a Marvel movie's ever going to bomb, like, at the box office? Has a Marvel movie ever bombed at the box office? Technically, yes. Which ones? Um, Did Hulk bomb? I'm pretty sure Incredible Hulk bombed, and so did one of the Thor movies, I believe. I can look it up real quick. Yeah. Uh, Marvel. I just feel like their box office has never stopped them from going forward. With the franchise that they've they've thought about going forward with, yeah, it's we not can, like Fox where you know they decide to cancel Fantastic Four every like couple years. Yeah. Oh my God, Forbes. Okay, I'll disable my ad blocker. Uh oh, Casey uses an ad blocker. Mm. Remember that if we're ever sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh my God, get the fuck out of here, bro. Okay, the instant okay. we turned off the ad blocker. Ads just Ads filled just up everything fill that my we were screen. I trying to look this. at. Okay, so um, we got in first place at the box office, making eight hundred and fifty-eight million dollars as the end game. Um, but when we get um, towards the bottom, yeah, Incredible Hulk, one hundred thirty-four point eight million dollars. Um, wow. Now we have to compare this to oh, Ant Man and the Wasp didn't look like it did too well either. Damn. Mar, uh, let's see, MCU movie uh, budgets. So yeah. you have to compare budgets. Um, if a movie makes a hundred million, or like if it makes, I think like a hundred or fifty percent over what its budget was, then they consider that good. Um, yeah, let's goodness. see. Let's see. All right. So we have uh, Iron Man. Um, where is the box office numbers? Why are you not showing me box office numbers? Oh, we feel lied to right now, man. Here we go. Mm, Budget. Okay, so Iron Man's budget was 140 million. It made 319 million. And and domestically. Domestically. Yeah, we're gonna. Well, let's look at the worldwide number. So worldwide, 585 million. Okay, that's good. Incredible Hulk was 150 million and it made 264 million. They would consider that a bomb. And then domestically it failed, which matters yeah. a lot. Like it only made 134 million. So it didn't even make its budget back in no. the states. 
No. Which I I mean I I guess that's why we haven't had a Hulk movie. Exactly. Since. Um, two hundred million. It had Edward Norton in it. You know, that, yeah. it should have been a hit. And Tim Roth. Uh, which yeah. abominations coming back in shang chi i saw that, that? Yeah. i saw that new trailer yeah that's interesting i wonder how they're gonna spend that i i watched trailer two of shang chi i still haven't watched trailer one but i've been told <laughs> I mean, that trailer, trailer one's two really cool yeah trailer one's cool i, I like trailer two a bit more mm-hmm. um we got iron man 2 that made definitely made its money back four times yeah <laughs> iron man um, makes the, the big bucks baby yeah it does um thor the first thor was actually good um, it didn't bomb. It, it barely made over its budget in America, but just enough. Um, First Avenger definitely could have been higher, I'm yeah. guessing, but it, it still made its money back. Uh, and obviously the Avengers. We don't even have to talk the about The Avengers that. made so much money back. $220 million against a, a $1.5 uh, or billion return. Uh, yeah. And Is then that, that set a higher standard for everything yeah. else because I mean Iron Man three immediately making Avengers level money they yeah one point two billion that's insane I, on a I did not realize that Iron Man made that much fucking money yeah bro hundred and and the second one is considered or the third one is not said to not even be the you know best one like yeah. it's the lower tier Iron Man but it made the most money um, and then we got Thor the Dark World. Um, Actually, Thor: The Dark World it, it didn't really bomb. It, it made no. it made significant money. Um, the Winter Soldier was definitely a big one, coming in at seven hundred million racks. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy that one was good, one hundred and ninety five mil up against seven seventy two worldwide. Then we got Age of Ultron one point four billion. That was good. They gave it a three hundred and sixty five million dollar budget. Not worth it. Not worth it. Um, then Ant Man had a hundred and nine million. That's the cheapest movie they've made. Yeah. Uh, in a, since this thing started, and it it grossed uh, one hundred and eighty in America, U.S. and Canada alone, and five hundred worldwide. Civil War did one point one billion against two thirty million. That's good. Um, Doctor Strange didn't do too hot, but it's still it wasn't. It's not considered a bomb. Um, two hundred million. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, yeah, eight eighty. Yeah, Spider Man did good. Thor Ragnarok did good. Black Panther definitely. Yeah, Black Panther was like kind of surprising. Like they, yeah. it, it did so well, so yeah. well. Two hundred million against one point three billion. But um, and and that also sets off a, another spree that we're looking at here of just Marvel making like pretty much a billion dollars every time they make a fucking movie. Exactly. Like Ant-Man and the Wasp is the only exception because fuck that movie. It's so bad. But yeah, I mean, it's just not that great. It's not. not. It it, it was a lower performing film for sure. Um, Infinity War did 2 billion. um, And then Captain Marvel actually did 1.1 billion. Um, oh, that kind of surprises me. Cause yeah, me too. And a lot of review bombers. And, yeah. and, well, I guess a lot of people hate, went and saw it to hate, you know. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, yeah, Definitely. that really shows them that they got your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it had a, between, it had a, a modest budget, too, for Marvel, at least 150 to $175 million. Um, And Endgame, you know, $400 million budget made $2.7 billion, man. They're definitely not hurting for that money anymore. Um, and then Far From Home grossed $1.1 billion against $160 million. That's great. Did so, Avatar yeah. take its spot back from Avengers? Avatar did take the spot back, I believe. Because they like re-released it or something? Yeah. Or? And, then, and, then, and then Avengers took the spot back, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, criti- like, box office-wise, the, I would say The Incredible Hulk is probably, you know, their one big 
bomb. Yeah, and um, I mean, that clearly did influence them because there has not been a Hulk movie no. since. Although that could also be Edward Norton yeah. quitting the role. That's true. I don't know. And, well, and also the rights still... Universal still owns the rights to Hulk. I don't know if you knew that. Oh no, they're still—they're only borrowing Hulk still. Oh, I had no idea. Oh my god. Yeah, they don't have enough money to buy um, Universal. They don't have yet, enough sadly. money to. Oh, oh, to buy Universal. <laughs> I was like, surely they got Hulk money. Oh, they have Hulk money. Um, Universal for some reason won't let it go. Huh. Um, but if we're talking critical wise, um, the worst. Let's see, we got. Um, Thor was the worst in Phase 1 with a B+. Um, in Phase 2, Thor The Dark World was the worst with an A-. According to CinemaScore. We're, just, we're going by this. Uh, and then uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp was the worst in Phase 3 with an A-. Um, but if we're going by Rotten Tomatoes, which is what everybody... We got a 67% for The Incredible Hulk. Uh, 66% for Thor The Dark World. And that's kind of where it stops. Everything mm. else is pretty pretty good so i see i see so, well yeah. damn marvel just showing you how to absolutely how to run a franchise them. yeah yeah just success 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 i mean kevin feige has probably got to go down in history as like the most successful showrunner ever because that's what he is He's i mean just for movies yeah. and i mean he he thought everything out like i mean all the obligatory appearances of like characters we don't know yet in movies. I mean, it might mm-hmm. seem grown worthy at first, but he always brings them back, and the mm-hmm. movie's always the success. Like, yeah. and that character is usually pretty well incorporated yeah, in whatever storyline. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't say the guys led them astray like at mm-hmm. all, and like clearly could keep doing this for years and years and years. Oh as a plan yeah. For it. Oh yeah, that that he. I mean, they've planned. He said he's. They've got the whole thing mapped out for phases four, five, and six so far. So like. You know, he's, here's a man with a plan, for real. God damn. Like, he, they have a road map. Something that Star Wars fell very short of is not having that road map. Marvel, the reason I don't think that Marvel falters, right? They've got star power. Whether you want to debate whether that works today or not, I think it still does. They've Mm -hmm. got star power. They have a huge, already, they already had... That's the thing about they already had a fan base, Marvel comic nerds and everything. Mm-hmm. People who love comics and the Marvel, yeah, especially the Marvel properties. By everyone. Exactly. They brought everybody in. Everybody knows about Marvel now, and they know what they're fucking gonna do five years from now. So they have this roadmap, and so that's why they never fucking falter. Like the stars have just aligned for them. And when you know what you're gonna do, when you know how it all ends. You know how to perfectly pace it and set it up. And that's just what he's the best at doing. And uh, he's definitely going in the fucking history books, bro. That guy mm-hmm. is a genius. Um, so, yeah. I mean... Love it or hate it, man. Maybe we could debate this on an episode sometime. But I do feel like Star Wars not having a roadmap allowed for a lot more creative freedom that um, you don't see in the Marvel Universe. I, I don't know. And I feel like generally... You know, not having someone mm-hmm. sh- be a showrunner and like plan every move allows mm-hmm. for for more artistic vision. But I don't know, man. It w- if it works to this level, like why the fuck would you want anything else? Like if you could make a yeah, billion dollars a movie, why the hell not? Why exactly? That's I don't think anybody. Uh, I can uh, I I, <clears throat> I think about this quite often, and I think I finally have found my answer recently. 
um, when will Marvel movies stop being good? When will they stop being as critically acclaimed? And when will they stop making money like like they are right now? Right? Kevin Feige retires. Exactly. Like that's your answer. I'm like thinking like when will this end? It's like if Kevin Feige retires and they bring somebody in that is not going to do the job, even like in close to what he was doing, like it's over. Like that's the end of the MCU right there. So. Um, hope he doesn't retire for at least another five years because I can take another five years of Marvel content before I'm ready to move on. I think I don't know. They're just Marvel. The Marvel universe is so expansive, and it's been you know being created for fucking decades that they have so much to work with that I don't think they'll ever really go creatively bankrupt in the no. time if they use things from the Marvel universe established by comics. They have like an infinite pool, and yeah. like the comics keep coming out, and mm-hmm. they keep you know establishing new lore like we're we're like technically i don't know we've mixed some modern day comics in there but like right you know especially early avengers was like throwing it back to like the 50s you know yeah. like si- comics in the 60s that were coming out and like adapting those storylines to a modern era mm-hmm. so i mean they have fucking so much yeah material so much you know with. like that we we may see these movies be just like comics. They never end. Death is meaningless, you know. <laughs> Death like, is meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's the truth of comics. It's like yeah. when a character dies, I mean, they just bring them back. Although, I guess we're finding out that actors are, are, are a bit more mortal than comic book characters. That's true. I, mean, I don't, I don't want to like speak on the tragedy of like Chadwick Boseman's mm-hmm. death without... You know, sounding sensitive to the matter. I mean, that's horrible. That's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But it, it does prove a point that these franchises really are built on their stars, and that's something that comics can can avoid. You know, mm-hmm. you just draw the fucking guy. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's like Chadwick Boseman. I mean, I guess they could like CGI recreate him, but that would be terrible. Terrible. No. I hope that they never go in that direction. And I'm glad that that. I guess I guess it's Kevin Feige, the big wigs at Marvel, have enough sense to not try and do that you know like not try and fucking like dehumanize a, a, a great actor posthumously mm-hmm. with cgi bullshit like never do that i don't care who it is who the actor is never cgi an actor into a movie i will not watch that movie um and which is why i think it's great that they were like yeah, we're gonna have to explain why Chadwick Boseman's character is not in this next movie, but we're not gonna fucking CGI him. Like he's the mantle is being taken up by another actor, but it's mm-hmm. a new character and stuff. And I'm like, great, cool, like that's fine. Um, yeah, I think it doesn't have to. Everybody that watches these movies know that Chadwick Boseman unfortunately passed away, and that's why he's not in Black Panther two. And I don't think that they'll need to do a whole lot of fucking explaining. For that, you know, to make sense in the universe. T'Challa died. T'Challa, I mean, yeah. I I feel like it's just hard to do these things right. I mean, like, Star Wars tried really hard to get Carrie Fisher's death right. Like, we're not Mm going to CGI recreate her, but we're also not going to kill her off off screen. But I don't think they came up with the right answer. Like, the, the, the footage really bugged me. Like, the, the, it didn't fit in with the movie. It felt, honestly it felt disrespectful still like i i can't say that they were being disrespectful because they were trying so hard to do right by her i mean they right. had billy lord in the movie too mm-hmm. carrying a lot of weight but it just it didn't turn out well no it and didn't. I, w- I would hate to see them try that with chadwick boseman you know i, I mean hopefully we've learned our lesson yeah you know what i'm saying is like you know maybe let let 
let actors like that rest easy. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't tarnish their image. Like you know, let it let them go with dignity. And I, I think that's something that's always bugged me about CGI reconstruction is like when people die or they get old, we we like tarnish them with like CGI mm-hmm. faces, like Grandma Tarkin and fucking Rogue One. Oh yeah, I did not like that. Princess yeah. Leia even in Rogue One. Yeah, even though I she mean, wasn't dead at the time, um, still it was not good. Didn't look good. I don't no. Know. So, and I've, I've never liked that. Like in Mandalorian season two, you really couldn't just call Sebastian Stan on set for one day. Yeah. You, know, right? you had to recreate him and get Mark Hamill to like de-age his voice and like voice processing software. It's fucking weird. It's fucking crazy. You know what else is crazy? I'm actually CGI. Oh, I died two episodes ago and you didn't know. You were the sack of potatoes? I was. I, I was a body the whole time. The twist. And this no. is going to be really rewarding to audiences because it's a storyline that right. seemed like it was dropped. <sighs> but now I'm bringing it back. And I'm CGI <laughs> and Isaac, the real Isaac's dead. It's canon. Death it's is canon. meaningless in the mind 